What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome everyone to a Baseball America College Baseball Podcast. On with Jim Schroeder and Hudson Belinsky. I'm John Manuel, your host. We're brought to you by Slugger Nation. At Slugger Nation on Instagram. At Slugger Nation on, tw- on Twitter. That's Louisville Slugger. We're p- all of our college coverage is powered by Louisville Slugger all year. And, uh taking you right through Omaha and trying to get into the college baseball spirit. It is difficult uh, in the do. Carolinas with the weather. But that didn't stop Hudson Belinsky. That didn't stop most of our top 25 teams. It did stop a few of them from playing. Hudson uh, froze his, uh, took us off in the in the southeast this weekend. And, uh, <laughs> but for considering that you went to Cornell the last three years, uh, you know it, it's colder up there. So you've summertime. seen worse. It's summertime right now. It's summertime for Cornell right It's now. actually, I was talking to, I got to talk to Coach Ford at Cornell during the, the Virginia-Seton Hall game. Uh, or maybe it was the Virginia-Hartford game. But we talked for quite a while. And apparently this was the coldest recorded month in Ithaca, New York. Ever? The coldest recorded February, I should say, ever. Like going back to like William H. Seward back in his uh, Auburn days? How far is Auburn, New York from Cornell? Not far, uh, 45 minutes. So oh. It's a good spot to catch the, the New York Penn League playoffs or the, the end of the game, the year right when the season gets started. So. That's that's my upstate New York reference point. Besides Cooperstown, is that's where uh, William H. Seward uh, was from. So goes back field, to my, yeah. goes back to my Civil War... Uh, 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 affectation. I enjoy studying the Civil War. Um, this is that. That's apropos of absolutely nothing. So let's get back to college baseball. I'm sorry, but you know a lot of Northeast guys at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's still number one. We had an Ivy League team at LSU. LSU still number two. Um, Virginia. You did get to see uh, Virginia this weekend, Hudson. We're gonna check in with you on the on the Wahoos. But, Jim, uh, you helped run a lot of the, the rankings. A little change at the top this week. Uh, not so much one and two, but Virginia and Florida move up in the mm-hmm. rankings this week. Uh, Texas Tech stays the same. But we moved up UCLA to six and uh, moved down your beloved Houston Cougars. I think it's funny yeah. that you like Houston so much considering you're an NC State alum. And That's, I've thought it, about that. It's the Phi yeah. Slamma Jamma connection. You just re, you're just yeah. paying it back to Three the Cougars. Are tied at the hip. That's but, it. Um, but uh, <laughs> but what, what what drove that this week in the rankings, especially with regard to Houston dropping down a little bit? Well, basically, you can't split a series with Columbia. Even though I mean, Columbia is the defending Ivy League champs. They've been to regionals, you know, a couple times the last few years. But still, you can't. You're at home. You can't not win that series. Um, and you know, I was kind of following those games on Twitter, and they just could not ever. They just couldn't shake Columbia ever. I mean, they uh, they would take a lead, and Columbia would keep coming back, and it was it was that was you know you wonder if they were. This was kind of a you wonder if it was a trap weekend because they played Alabama last week. Now they've got the big uh, Houston College Classic this week, which we'll talk more about. And you wonder if they just saw Columbia on the schedule and thought, all right, this is an easy 
sweep or three out of four, and they had their hands full all weekend. And um, you know, look at some of the other teams we moved up. I mean, Virginia is ten and zero without without having had getting to play a home game. Um, yeah, the weather the weather and, has affected them and North Carolina similarly. Mm-hmm. As two t- top you know, two top ACC teams mm-hmm. haven't been able to play at home. They've been on mm-hmm. a ske- for, scheduled to be on the road in Virginia's case the opening mm-hmm. weekend, but then f- kind of forced to go on the road the next two yep. weekends. And and North Carolina split those two series and has mm-hmm. lost this weekend to Rhode Island. And Virginia, you know, just I mean, keeps on rolling. I'll say it wasn't a mur- wasn't Murderer's Row that Virginia was playing, but Correct. still ten and zero is. Ten and zero, and like I said, they did play uh, at ECU week one, which is a credible great, team. but it's a yeah, it's a, a representative team to, to play to start the year, and um, you know, and then obviously Florida has been, I mean, obviously Stony Brook, so we like Stony Brook, obviously, but I mean they've they've had the series win against Miami, and they've just been very impressive to start the year. So we put them up to number four, and. Um, and then you got Texas Tech. Does get snowed out in uh, in Texas? Yeah, I mean, all the state of Texas. Um, you know, he, at least Houston got its games in. So yeah, I mean, like they're probably regretting that they got the games. Yeah, it in. Seemed like Houston and Rice <laughs> were able to play. So I guess that was the one. Uh, and Texas, one place of much, T- much to Texas's uh, chagrin. I that's right. But, but TCU. So the funny thing is, Texas loses at home to a warm weather team. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, when we were talking about, it, I was like, there's no way. I mean, that was a. That's a pretty weak showing by Texas to only score what two runs in it was. two games against. I mean, the Toreros are good. I mean, but it's like yeah, I mean, you can't tell me they're less that they can't handle it any weather any worse than a team from San Diego. I, mean, I agree. No, I'm there. The San Diegans, San Diegans, San Diegoans. That, that should be tougher on them. <laughs> certainly. See, Hudson. This is my first podcast with Hudson, so. He hasn't heard me make that joke every single time the city of San Diego still comes probably, up. Probably work, but I'll keep on making it work or trying to make it work. I guess the other thing that impresses it's me, impressive. Jim, I'm not even mad. That's exactly. I'm totally impressed. Um, the other thing that impresses me about UVA for both you guys, but Hudson, you just saw him this weekend, is that Virginia keeps doing it without Joe McCarthy. Obviously, the injury to their uh, uh, communist baiting uh, center fielder and junior, <laughs> but it's a very young team. And they're playing Super a lot young. of guys, freshmen and sophomores. So if there were to be a hiccup early when you're not playing at home, you're playing these games, they're supposed to be home games and they're on the road, and it's this cold, you would expect a younger team to have that struggle. But Paven Smith, we knew he was going to be good. I don't think we thought he was going to be 500 good through 10 games. And, he, he's a serious, serious dude. And, and this is a South South Florida guy. Not and Both he and Adam Hazley are not like... Northeast guys, the usual profile for a lot of these Pennsylvania right. tough UVA guys. Clement, the, yeah, the, the, Haven Smith is immediately one of the best hitters in this conference, in my mind. I mean, he's hitting hitting the ball hard to the entire field. Uh, there's really he's slugging eight ten. There's yeah, no one extra base hits. Even even Matt Thice in that lineup, who's gotten off to a really hot start, I, I would probably still take Haven Smith over him just offensively. There's there's really nowhere you can put the ball in the zone. That Paven Smith's not going to be able to go get it. It, it. He's he's really really good, and he got high praise from Coach Brian O'Connor this weekend. Uh, but I think the the thing with with Virginia is obviously the pitching, and um, Nathan Kirby lights out again. He struggled a little bit in his first inning with command, but once he settles in, he's he's as good as anybody. I had a scout tell me that he's ready to play in Double A right now. Right. So right. Uh, I mean that, that's. That's just unfair. And then you have Connor Jones, who didn't, who really didn't have his best stuff on Saturday. He's still ninety two, ninety four, bumping ninety five, and you know, pretty good slider. 
Love Connor Jones. <laughs> Hard not to like Connor Jones. Uh, and that's and that's an off day for him, you right? Know? So and then uh, Sunday, uh, Waddell was a little bit under the weather. Had been you know throwing up about twenty four hours before his start, but hmm. still went out and gave them four solid innings. And then they uh, they had Roberts coming out of the pen, who was just nasty fastball slider guy. Really unhittable. I believe he struck out eight in four innings. Four innings. So. Yeah, I was about to say. See, it seems like you, you know. We know what Josh Morris brings. We've seen his stuff. We've seen him play in a bullpen. We've seen him play as a starter. Obviously, he's kind of in that Nick Howard, you know, closer role this year. And so far, so good there. But to me, the other question with UVA, which is kind of who, when it comes time for ACC conference gets starts this weekend, conference play, and when it comes time for the postseason, what's their bridge to Spores going to be look like? You expect them to have options, although they have multiple options, whether it's Doherty or Roberts or whomever, and they're quality options. And uh, I, I think what you'll start to see is those arms really get stretched out. You're going to see a lot of seven and eight inning performances from their starters, and it's not going to be tough to get to Spores in the ninth. Uh, but yeah, they they had another outstanding weekend, and uh, on Sunday I was just really impressed with them. They they grinded. They were up against Cornell. Uh, my old school, and Cornell had a you know just a, a very strong command right-handed pitcher named Brian McAfee on the bump who was really really good. Just buried the ball down in the zone, swing and miss stuff. Um, but they they took what was given to them. They they pounded and uh, you know had uh, took advantage of a couple mistakes up in the zone in the eighth and ninth inning. Uh, came back and won the game and. Even despite giving up a, a two-run homer and to tie the game in the top of the ninth, they came back immediately in the bottom of the ninth and won it. So uh, they, they just do a lot of things that you look for in a top team, and uh, there, there's there's a long way to go for for them. They did start six freshmen this weekend, right. and you know, and one, two, three, and seven, eight, nine in the lineup. So the, the sky's the limit there. That's it's really impressive. Obviously, I mentioned McCarthy being hurt. Laprise is out. Banged up Priest, still. Priest DH this week. Did DH this weekend. So. so not not at full strength. So this is a team that's not at full strength, Jim, and they're still you know doing, playing very well and doing another team that's close to full strength, but even not one hundred percent. Not quite the injuries that Virginia's has. Florida mm-hmm. and the Gators just keep on rolling. They're ten and one. Um, and I just was talking to a scout who just saw them recently and just talked about uh, Harrison Bader, the guy who's. Who really jumped out at him? I mean, I, Richie Martin has the hype, justifiably so. Richie, Richie Martin is good. Dalton Guthrie, we talked about in the podcast last week, an impact freshman. JJ Schwartz, another impact freshman. But Harrison Bader with five home runs so far, and just you know, I think this guy has got a chance to go. I, I don't think he's going to go as high as Richie Martin in the draft. I think that the, the, this one area guy thought that they were similar in terms of their pro futures. Um, and that Harrison Bader's, you know, probably not a center fit, more of a fourth outfielder type, but uh, the bat is certainly playing for Harrison Bader. And if he shows this kind of power, it's hard to find college power. And if you do it in the SEC, uh, if he keeps this up from non-conference into the SEC, this guy's going to go pretty good in the draft. And I'm not sure what else has really stood out for you about the uh, the Gators so far. Yeah, I mean, just Bader with, has uh, for me. Yeah, I mean, with Bader, I mean, I'm talking to uh, Kevin O'Sullivan, you know, before the season and a couple of different times he's talked about how Bader is a – like a, a center fielder playing left, and now he's, you know, he's added about ten pounds in muscle since uh, since last year. So this is kind of you can kind of see the you thought the you know the power might had a chance to break out when you had that with the, with the new balls and everything. But I don't think anybody saw him having uh, 
what, five home runs in ten games or whatever he has. I mean, yeah, it's, They've hit 13 home runs yeah. to the team, which is really uh, – just we just didn't see that the last few years. Yeah. So credit to the balls. Uh, it's not just the – they have yeah. clearly have talent, but give some credit to the balls. And it looks like the uh, Logan Shore's little issue last week was hopefully just a, a blip. It looked like he came back pretty well this week. and uh, Blip piece is good. Yeah. We would like that to be a blip. We'd like for players to be healthy. And, the, you know, and we'll really mm-hmm. see – uh, a nice midweek test, I think, of Florida's depth. That's a great little series with them and UCF. It yeah. is a great one. And UCF, been, I think UCF and UCLA have been the two most impressive teams for me, at least relative to where we had them at the start of the year. I kind of like that. Yeah. I, li- I like that assessment because UCF, I mean, it's one run wins, but a win's a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for an American conference team to go into a weekend series where they've already gone on the road once, mm-hmm. Uh, but they get to play at home, and they get an SEC team to go on the road to them. First, let's give some credit to Ole Miss for going on the road. A lot of SEC teams just won't do that. Mm-hmm. Credit to I Ole Miss. A&M. Not even a- I say SEC teams. A lot of Power Five That's leagues, true. whether it's Big Twelve, ACC, Pac Twelve, they all won't go on the road. Look who USC. Look who the Trojans have played so far this year. It's Oakland, Fordham, and uh, you know Man- John Manuel University at home. I mean, they really haven't done much in terms of scheduling. So I give credit to Mike Bianco and Ole Miss for going on the road, first of all. Mm-hmm. Clearly, they recruit that area pretty well. And that's one of the reasons you go there is you, you're going to recruit uh, Florida. And uh, they've done that very well over the years at Ole Miss. Uh, J.B. Woodman is one of the current players. is an Orlando guy. as their center fielder. But um, So credit to them for scheduling it. But, but Jim, UCF, it was a pretty impressive weekend series for them to win that series. Yeah, I, mean, I saw I watched uh, a couple of those games on the, uh, on the stream. I mean, UCF, that's a... A really physical team. They've got guys in the in the bullpen, and I mean, you know they're kind of. And also, we like Cray F- F- Finfrock a lot. That's right. <laughs> if I can spit out his name, but uh, and it was kind of you know when we when we were looking at them in the preseason, you kind of wondered. You know, you had Zach Rogers, a senior, the, the front of the rotation. You kind of wondered how they would, how the rest of their arms would come together, and that was kind of why we had them a little lower. But it seems like the freshmen have actually been better. They've been right. the, they've been the best guys on that staff, and I mean that's and for them to do for them to. Went two out of three against Ole Miss, and obviously that last game, I mean, three one-run games, so I mean, obviously it could have gone either way, but, um, you know, coming off a week where they go on, as we are talking about, they go up to South Alabama and beat Maryland, beat Arkansas, and South Alabama, obviously, right. I mean, it's, I mean, that, that that is a really good early resume, and if they can, I mean, if they can split the series with the Gators, I mean, that'd be, that'd be really impressive. It would be, and uh, you know, we talked about UCLA, the, the Bruins move up to number six this weekend. Um, TCU is at seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of weather talk. We already had a little bit of weather talk, but for TCU yeah. and Cal Poly, it's a series that uh, at the start of the season, Cal Poly probably would have been a top twenty-five team if Mark Mathias doesn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have TCU, which has played really well. I just talked to a guy last week who saw them in the Arizona State series and could not stop raving about Evan Skalg and just how physical he is. Did a nice job blocking that weekend in Tempe. Uh, handling a you know, right, high octane pitching staff, right? That's right. I mean, a handling a high octane, good arm pitching staff, and uh, for that team to, uh, to for those two teams to lose a series completely. Dallas Baptist also did, did not right. get to play this weekend, yeah. but that was an intersectional one you, you really hope to uh, to have. And you know, I'm, I, that's a, that's a tough one because Cal Poly spends a bunch of money. They're not a football school. I'm sure TCU helped defray some of the costs there, but. Uh, that's that's a tough one to lose, just to completely lose that series. Yeah, and I was w- texting with a with a, a Texas area scout, and uh, 
basically I asked him, "You see anything good this weekend?" And he gave me a movie review. <laughs> it was it was it was pretty funny. But I mean, to see that kind of weather in Texas is is just not normal. And we also saw games really everywhere. I mean, Arizona State had issues. Yeah. Like there, and you know, forget it. The East Coast, like you know, anywhere north of Florida, there was was trouble. I loved how. Um Mike Lanana noted that even uh, even UCLA had a rain shortened game yesterday. That's right. <laughs> it's like come on. I mean, yeah, last last week Andrew Checkett's uh, at UCSB. They're sitting there. Uh, they had a, they were hailed out of their practice at UC oh, wow. Santa Barbara. So, Yikes. I mean, I used to joke about global climate change being what would level the playing field for college baseball, at least, but for teams in the north, because <laughs> you know it would warm things up. But you know, the, the thing about climate change. And all you deniers can shut off the podcast now. But the thing about climate change is it leads to more uh, harsh weather, more for weather sure. extremes. That's the theory. And uh, I don't know if we're seeing it or not, but I know what the Sierra Club thinks. And my brother works there, so that's my frame of reference. But uh, we, we mentioned Texas, one of the teams that backed up this week a little bit, Jimmer. Um, doesn't seem like anybody else really had a quote-unquote bad week except the teams at the back of our rankings mm-hmm. how about the teams that came into our rankings this week A&M and Southern Cal yeah, I yeah. kind of banged on the Trojans already for not playing anybody yeah that's kind, of the, that's kind of the theme with both those teams really I mean right neither I don't I know A&M hasn't played a, a road game yet I don't think maybe Southern Cal has played one midweek game or something right but I think it was a midweek game I know A&M's played all home games they haven't really played anybody of note um but in the, the not other, the most robust schedule yeah. for either team but you know, when we kind of talked about um, um, the another common thread between both those teams is they get that difficult degree of difficulty is going to go up big time this week with uh, right. those two uh, the the two big tournaments that we're going to be me and Mike are going to be at so that's going to be fun to watch and you know we finally get to finally get a real read on these uh, these two clubs. Yeah, I think it's important to get a read on uh, both clubs because they really haven't played anybody you know uh, of any note. Now, we did have A&M. Which uh, Ivy League team did they play again this weekend? They, they played, played Dartmouth. Dartmouth. So I wanted to, uh, Now, Hudson was in the Ivy League the last three years, doing some associate scouting up there. He wrote our Ivy League preview. Yeah. Um, these Ivy League teams, uh, Columbia, Dartmouth, Princeton, none of these teams went out there and got blown out this weekend. No, and obviously, man. Columbia went on the road and uh, split a four-game set with a number three team in the country. Uh, who was your preseason Ivy League pick, and what allows these teams to start off the season this strongly and uh, you know this, playing this respectfully, respectably against these top tier teams. Well, it's it's interesting because there are are more strict rules on on when those teams can actually start playing. Right. Uh, so I know Cornell got their weekend or their start last weekend, and because of that, they had to take a week off in March. So it sort of seems like that's a, a different approach. In terms approach. of like a practice time or in terms of like starting so they, have to, they have to sit out a weekend in, oh, wow. in March. And so it's a different approach trying to get to, to see the ball a little earlier, get outside a little bit. Uh, but, you know, in, in that league you'll see a lot of players who have tools uh, but are kind of missing just one thing right. or, or just have one standout tool. So, you know, in any given day, you might have, you know, a hard-throwing pitcher or somebody who can really spin the ball. There's there's always something there. Right. Um, I wouldn't pick any of those teams to consistently compete or, you know, over a, the long long haul, they wouldn't compete in a power conference. Right. But any given day, you, you can see them winning a game. Um, Dartmouth is, is obviously a... One of the better programs in that conference, probably the most consistent program in terms of winning 
yeah. the, in the Ivy League. And has sent some players on to pro ball of labor. Joe Scafani is a personal cheese ball of mine. Sticks out in my head. Oh, yeah. It's a guy who's... A, and obviously Kyle Hendricks in the Kyle big leagues for the yeah. Cubs. Yeah. And there, there are more guys who will be, be drafted on that team. Uh, they're missing Bo Sulser, who's a, a hard-throwing righty, who I believe had Tommy John, some kind of arm issue for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but then they have the, the Concato brothers, Michael and nice. Lewis. Uh, I... I I always mix them up. The younger one, the sophomore, is, is actually a little bit better right now. Uh, but both have draft potential, low 90s guys with you know some feel for spin, and uh, at least the younger one has a, a pretty filthy change-up. So big power body guys. Um, their pitching is always going to be strong, and they have strong up-the-middle defense. So they're a team that can, can definitely compete. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they won that league. Right. Um, I just went with Penn because I think they they brought the most back in terms of you know raw stuff in the rotation, right. and then uh, they bring back a, you know a pretty solid bring in a pretty solid recruiting class as well. So and Penn went down to Stetson again, a warm weather school. Mm-hmm. You know, didn't get swept. Won one of the three games. Mm-hmm. Um, not a bad. I to me, that's a quite a good start mm-hmm. for a team like Penn. And none of these teams ever play games at home before. What? Late March, early April, if at all. I think last weekend the first Ivy League home games were their last year, the last weekend of, of March was when they first got started, and you, you really don't start to see it consistently until April. So uh, there's there's differing approaches for these schools. Some of them like to to play mid majors around the East Coast, right. um, and kind of build up some confidence and just get outside. Um, and then some of them prefer to go down to the power conference schools and get their teeth knocked in a little bit and, <laughs> and you know, really figure out you know, who they have, what they can do, and um, challenge themselves a little bit. So, And I always wonder about that from the school. To me, I have to imagine a big part of that's the academic part of it, like how yeah. much of that workload can they balance and when there's their spring break and, mm-hmm. and those kind of things. Can you see Dartmouth's going out to California for a week coming up? Mm-hmm. Princeton's pretty much always on the road, but it seems like they've hugged the East Coast a little more mm-hmm. um, than Dartmouth has in, in recent years. So it, it, it does yeah, seem like it's, it's a school-by-school school approach. And, and they don't have, obviously they don't have athletic scholarships, but they, what they do have is pretty good boosters. Right. Um, so I know Rich Booth flew down Cologne, uh, Cornell and uh, Virginia to this tournament this weekend. He's a big booster of both, both schools, um, and actually I think he, he bought dinner for them all on, on Sunday <laughs> afternoon. They're all hanging out after a uh, tightly contested 5-4 game. Um, Hashtag NCA violation, I believe. <laughs> I don't know if he actually did. But, <laughs> Plausible uh, deniability. I mean, I, I I didn't get that, but I know he's a, he's a big booster of them, and uh, <laughs> I hope I don't get anyone in trouble. You're not. You're um, I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time. But, yeah, they in general, you know the, that league is is what it is. You're going to see right. you're going to see some tools, but there's there's a reason you're not at at the Vanderbilts or the Stanfords or the right. the UVA's. I was about to say, it seems like if you're if you have if you don't have that glaring hole in your game, that that tool that's a minus that kind of thing. You're, if you're a player like a Will Toffee, you're at Vanderbilt, or if you're, you're going to go to UVA or, or, or a Carolina guy like Garrett Whitley this year right. in the draft, who's I'm not sure if he's got a perfect SAT, but it's pretty darn close. Maybe a twenty three hundred three four. Yeah. yeah, so that guy's committed to Wake Forest. Right. You know, when you have that kind of talent, you're going to go to one of these really good schools, either down here or 
you know, right. the Vanderbilts and Stanford's, yeah. And, uh, Jimber, we, we kind of glossed over a little bit A&M and USC. We talked a little bit mm-hmm. about their, their schedules, but uh, let's talk about the, the, the actual teams that just came in here. And A&M did win this series. For all of our uh, talk about Dartmouth, they did beat Dartmouth, and they beat them fairly handily yeah, they had uh, a, all three had games. Yeah, a close call on Friday, but yeah. But this yeah. is a pretty experienced club, especially mm-hmm. in the infield. I'm looking at guys like Nada Brock and Alamond and... I think the guy who jumps out for the the most for the BA fan is going to be Nick Banks, mm-hmm. the co- college national team we did last summer. But it's a talented pitching staff. I think you kind of always expect that of a Rob Childers club. They're going to pitch. They did that when he was a pitching coach at Nebraska. They've done that in his head coaching uh, here at Texas A&M. But uh, to me, what kind of stands out is that this is a fairly diverse offense, potentially, and they've got a little power there now in Ronnie Gideon. Uh, what, what jumps out to you? I, I like their infield the most. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I like the the pitching is definitely a strength. I mean, um, I mean, I know Alamond was a guy. It was good last year, and uh, you know, you expect them to be able to. I mean, like you said, pitching is what jumps out for them. Um, you know, they had three. I think they had three three good starts this weekend, and it's kind of same with USC. They've been pitching really well. I think that's kind of been the the uh, the biggest. I mean, what kind of what's gotten to them where they are, but. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll it'll be a good. This will be a good. This will be a big week for them to see what they can do against uh, teams that are, are more at their level. We'll say it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with Gideon because uh, he's hit three home runs, but he's also good as balls defensively. He was taken out of a game this weekend by an midweek in the middle of the game, kind of Bobby Cox, Andrew Jones style. But I don't think it was because he was dogging it. I think it's because he just. Wasn't defending, so uh, it's going to be a challenge because you, you look at the stat sheet. And Gideon's got six errors in nine games, seven fifty fielding percentage. Not going to not going to get it done. But when you look at this team, I mean, uh, he's one of the key power guys on this team. He's already hit three home runs. They've hit sixteen as a team. So if you're going to if you're going to play this modest early season competition, we say this all the time. We've been saying it for eight years in this podcast. Dominate it, and they have dominated it. So. Uh, kudos and, to them on that. And they also have this pretty good midweek matchup coming up against Dallas Baptist. And Dallas Baptist, I know, has a, a team pretty, I cannot wait to play. Very well rested. A, a, a pretty good knuckleballer midweek guy, a guy named Calhoun. Nice. I think his name is Jay Calhoun. He's the son of a big leaguer. Uh, but a guy who can pump it into the upper 80s and has a pretty nasty knuckleball and some feel for it. Um, so th- that'll be a nice test for A and M. They'll they'll see if they can put runs on the board against a club like that, and then obviously uh, Jim's going to see them this weekend against some some pretty solid schools in Nebraska, Houston, and Baylor. So I did not know they had a knuckleballer midweek. The Dallas Baptist for That's sure. interesting. If I knew it, I forgot. But yeah, they're going to say that it's a big week for A and M. Um, Jim, you also mentioned you know, you're going to be down there in Houston. Mm-hmm. So you got Texas A and M, Nebraska, Houston, Baylor, and for all, all these schools, uh, it's the last week. Last tune-up week. Mm-hmm. Now Baylor got swept at home this weekend. Uh, got swept, I should say, in its series against Cal State Fullerton. Um, you know, Nebraska a little bit. Nebraska's of kind of coming back. Yeah, Nebraska's now. kind of rebounded a little bit. Last they, they won a series at Loyola Marymount, who's a quality of quality team. And um, I mean, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun three days out there. LSU gonna be there. Uh, Hawaii. Now LSU's the, the prohibitive favorite, and usually they draw very well. That event draws well when LSU's involved. Um, to, to me, LSU's the favorite. I mean, I, I know you, you love the Cougars. Um, what else are you looking for out, out of these teams uh, besides a, A&M getting tested? What I'll else are you looking for? Really matchup you look forward to? Um, well, I'm definitely, I'm definitely curious to see Nebraska. I want to see what see what get a look at uh, Ryan Bolt in person. First time I've gotten to see them. Um, that was a weird one last summer when he was because he was here for trials for a USA team, and then when he didn't make the team, 
Hmm. That was a strange one to mm. be to, to be uh, <laughs> quite frank. I, I did not understand how he did not make that team. He seems like he's kind of taken that out on some teams this year because uh, this kid's physical. He runs. I didn't really see a negative with Ryan Bolt last year. Like, a, not, a, not a glaring one. I mean, clearly there's polish and development to happen. But physically, you can see why this guy was uh, mm-hmm. a big deal out of, uh, high, out of a Minnesota high school. And yeah, that, He's probably the one player I would look forward to seeing the most mm-hmm. in this entire time. And LSU's the f- two freshmen, uh, Jay Godfrey and um, Alex Lang. Lang. Yeah, Lang. blanked on his name. Um, I'll see what those two guys can do. You know, first real test for them. And, um, and, and yeah, I mean... You know, Baylor's a little. You know, they. I think they. Uh, who was it? They, they swept. Uh, what was it? They they swept some. I can't remember who. What was it? Pepperdine. I think it was Pepperdine. They, uh, yes, week one. I know they've kind of. I think they've dropped off a little bit since then. But um, you know, get, get a look at them, and uh, yeah, it'll be. I mean, it's gonna be a. It's gonna be a fun, a fun field. Yeah, they were they were competitive this weekend, the last game. But you know, Cal State Fullerton really did. We didn't rank the Titans this week. By far the best week of the year for the Titans, uh, not just because they swept it, but because they scored some runs. Yeah. Fulton hadn't scored, against, they hadn't scored any runs all year, and they put up 10-11 and 11 the first two games of the series against Baylor. So, yeah, Baylor, it was, uh, it was at Cal Poly that they had uh, won that series. And not oh, Cal, that was a home it. against Cal Poly. That was it. And they won a series against Kent State. So it had been a good start for Baylor. Um, so you kind of did not see the sweep coming, but it's tough to go on the road at Fulton, and uh, they were swept in that series. So that's one of the other ones that we'll look for. And the Dodger Town Classic. That's, cool. that's going to be now outstanding. Mike's, Mike is in yeah. Columbia today, hoping to get a last game in of the Clemson South Carolina series. We haven't discussed that one much here on the podcast. Just uh, uh, two two games, and not a whole lot has been decided, decided in that one. Yet. They split it, and the, clearly the big thing is Clemson came out and, and won the first game. And uh, you know that's uh, any win by Clemson in this series in recent years is news. Yeah. And they did it with power. Um, you know, a couple home runs from Weston. They've played very well. To date, this this year, South Carolina comes back in the second game. Winecoop kind of pushed back from Friday start and pitches very well. Mm-hmm. And the second game, uh, what's your been your takeaway from that series so far, Jim? Or anything? Yeah, definitely. Out to um, you? I was talking up Will Crow last week, so seeing him get knocked around was a little surprising. Uh, you're never going to be for, you're never going to be yeah, criticized by but, me uh, for talking up Will Crow. Yeah, but I mean, see Jack Winecoop. Obviously, that was a really impressive outing. I mean, they. Uh, you know, Chad Holbrook likes the uh, you know, he likes his experience. He knows how to pitch in big games, and so that was you know that was a big deal to get him um, get him going on Saturday. And you know, certainly wonder. I you know I watched most of that uh, Friday game. Um, you know, Clemson takes the big big lead early on on Crow, and South Carolina starts coming back. They get the uh, I think forget who it was. They hit a three run home run, and you know they had another rally going. I think they had the bases loaded and two outs, and I think it was Kyle Martin hits a ball that. Would have been a, a base hit, and it said it hits Max Schrock, who's a the base runner mm. between first and second. That ended the inning, so that would have, I think that probably would have been two runs, made it, in, I think, an eight-six game if my memory serves. But uh, I think it was Connor Bright with that Bright, home run. yeah, okay. Yeah. But um, anyway, that really stunted their momentum, and then uh, Wilson hits another home run, and Clemson kind of catches its breath. But uh, and yeah, the Gamecocks, that's they do come back and win the the Saturday game in in Greenville. So and they clearly are. Yeah, you know, they haven't really they're... been uh, messing around with Tyler Widener, their closer. No. Uh, they they went to him early against College of Charleston in that in that series. Uh, I think he pitched two and a third, two and mm-hmm. two thirds in one of those games. It goes two innings. Yeah, they like they like they can stretch him out because I right. remember saw him in the regional last year when I was there. He threw a game. He threw like six innings in a game. Right. They were talking about starting him before the year. I think they. Thought about making him the Sunday. It was said he was going to be the Sunday starter or the closer. So they've opted for the uh, the closer. But that he's a guy that can do a lot of things for you. 
Well, guys, we've seen a lot of, uh, you guys have seen some games. I, I still haven't been to a game yet because of weather and, uh, and kids. <laughs> I can't get the kids to go to any of these uh, super cold games. But we do have a lot of baseball around here this weekend. Now, we'll all be traveling. Mike, as we said, going to Dodger Town Classic. Who's in that again, Jim? Or it's a, it's a good series. It's Vanderbilt, UCLA, TCU, Vandy, and the Trojans. Southern Cal. So that, that's about Four, as great top ten teams that's and loaded. number 25. That's right. It is, it's probably the best tournament yeah. of the year. I mean, uh, it really, yeah. That's good. In terms of quality of play. No, you're never going to do better than that. No. And, and it's going to be fascinating kind of watch what Vanderbilt does this weekend. We actually have a t- question on Twitter um, about Vanderbilt's big three draft-wise, where they're going to be going in the draft. And it's talking about... Uh, Swanson, Fulmer, and Bueller. Well, Dansby Swanson to me is uh, the the safest bet of those guys. He's a position sure. player in the middle of the diamond. He's athletic. He's played well to date the, this year. I mean, there's no there's no downside really for me with uh, with Dansby Swanson. I like I liked him out of high school. He was more of a basketball player for a lot of his career for scouts. Not not more of a basketball player, but he split his time really uh, between right. basketball and baseball. So he he wasn't totally dominating showcases because he wasn't always there playing basketball. The guy controls the strike zone. He's athletic. He was the best player on the field, I thought, last year in Omaha. I'm on him. Um, I think, sure. I think then, everybody's on him. And, and then, I mean, the, the issues with, with Carson Fulmer are that people think he's going to end up in the bullpen, and, right. and I, I tend to agree with that assessment just because... It's energetic. The, yeah. It's an energetic yeah, that's, a, that's a nice way to put it. Yes. Yeah. If you uh, like him, he's energetic. If you don't like him as much, if you think he's a bullpen guy, he's got lots of effort. So. Yeah, and, and the thing is, though, he's... He's pitching really well uh, yeah. as a starter. He, this weekend, uh, 11 strikeouts in six innings, that, that'll do it. Uh, just two hits allowed. and So I, I think uh, there's a chance that somebody will take him and give him a chance to start. Um, maybe not this year. Maybe use him as a bullpen guy just you know, with the innings you know, later this in, in the year. But, but Walker, Walker Bueller hasn't pitched yet this year. And I'm going to keep calling him Bueller. They call Bueller. Him, I keep hearing it's Bueller like Ferris. Bueller. So I'm, gonna go with, I'm sticking with Bueller until somebody tells me I'm wrong. Yeah. But um, he hasn't pitched yet, and it will be a madhouse of scouts anyway in L.A. this weekend because of all the teams that are going to be there. But i got to imagine that if, if Bueller does start, and they talked about using him this weekend, hasn't happened yet. Um, if he does, it's going to be controlled. It's going to be three, four innings, that kind of thing. We'll see. Uh, and then who do you push out of the rotation? Because right now, Kyle Wright's been pretty good, and so has John Kilikowski. So... It'll right. be. Fa- I'm interested to see uh, what they do, uh, uh, what Vanderbilt decides to do with the pitching staff this weekend. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's, it's pretty clear to me that Kilikowski and, and Fulmer are your one-two for now, and whatever now, you get out of Bueller is going to be gravy. I, I think um, we'll probably see him in a, a short stint start on Sunday, is my guess. Right. Uh, talking to Coach Scott Brown last week, uh, he said that they were pretty close with him. He, he was kind of up in the air for this weekend, and uh, he he didn't anticipate him going past that that California trip without getting in there at some point. So uh, I would be surprised if we don't see anything uh, of Bueller this week. I think that'd be a real big surprise. You know, last week last year, you know, Tyler Ferguson was a pretty steady starter for them. Jim he threw seventy seven innings. He made fifteen starts. Mm-hmm. He's got fourteen walks this year. He's got the thing. Yeah. Or if he doesn't have the thing. He's got didn't, something didn't get anybody out in, right. in yesterday's or was it Saturday's game? So that you, you think that would ding their their depth a little bit, but you know they started Hayden Stone midweek more just I think to get him a little bit get back him, on yeah. track. He's had a little little hiccups here. He has, you know. I mean, obviously the slider is always going to be there for Hayden Stone for anybody who's like that. You got to throw some fastballs every once in a while, mm-hmm. and 
So he's got to command the fastball a little bit better. Just throw more consistent strikes with that. But Sheffield's got a big arm. Sheffield's been really good, too, it seems like. Yeah, and and Ben Bowden's been outstanding out of the bullpen. Bowden was outrageous this weekend. It blew eight strikeouts in three innings. Yeah, throwing throwing very hard. I've I've heard some 97s on him uh, this this year. I mean, like, he's... Uh, I might be mixing him and Sheffield up. Sheffield, I heard, has touched 100 this year. So, I mean, like, the, yeah, the velocity Sheffield readings... Yeah, Sheffield was upper 90s in the summer. And the velocity readings on their, on their pitching staff, on their bullpen, have been outrageous this year. So, this is with Stone and Ferguson struggling. We haven't even mentioned and Pfeiffer. And no Bueller. Yeah. We haven't even mentioned Pfeiffer. So, this is just the depth writ large for Vanderbilt. And all things push come to shove, that's why they're number one coming into preseason. And they're going to get a good test this weekend, but, I mean... Uh, they are not many teams that can weather all these things we've talked about of having two of la- two of your returning starters. I mean, I know Bueller didn't always start on the weekend <clears throat> last year, mostly midweek. But you're t- taking two of your returning starters uh, who you project in your rotation, and you get nothing out of one, and the other one's got the thing, and they're just kind of rolling on. You know, <laughs> no big thing. They have plenty of other they're options, fine. and their yeah. bullpens uh, outstanding, even with Stone struggling. So and, uh, that's going to be a great series, a great weekend this, uh, the, in, in LA. Offensively, uh, Will Toffey has been outstanding as a true freshman to come really into that been, league, and, uh, and I mean, to get a spot right away, right away, just to get time is impressive. But he's, he's really hit the ball hard. And the thing that sticks out, I think, about Vanderbilt and Toffey is part of this is they're physical in the middle of the lineup. Mm-hmm. You know, they are physical. Uh, whether it's Swanson, Brett Weissman's not huge, Weisman, but yeah. Kendall, that, exactly. Kendall can really run. Brian Reynolds can really hit. Xander Wheels not off to a huge start, but he's doing better than he did last year. Hit a grand Controls. slam this week. I believe he right. hit two grand slams this weekend. He has 15 RBIs. I wouldn't be surprised if he hit two. I Where mean, there's no. a wheel, there's a way. I, I like that. Um, but you know, this whole team as a unit, um, they're almost half as many walks as strikeouts offensively. So it's a mature lineup with some physicality and different ways to beat you. They can steal bases. Uh, not maybe as they have in past years, but you know, Wiseman and, and Swanson, but they both run well. Especially for college players, they run very well. Oh, yeah. Um, and like you said, I mean, obviously Kendall has that dynamic dimension if he can get on base a little bit more consistently. So there's there's a lot of ways this team can beat you, and uh, I'm just impressed by their depth this early in the year. So Yeah, I think their their whole bench would be starters elsewhere. Right? I mean, a lot even of them. in the other, even in this conference, yeah, even in the SEC, it's, it's really absurd with, with some of the depth they have. That was College Fan 03's uh, question to us on Twitter. You can follow all of us. He's at Jim Schoner BA. Hudson is at Hudson Belinsky. Not a lot of competition for that one, apparently. No. I'm at John Manuel BA, and Mike <laughs> is at Mike at M. Lanana, L A N A N N A. So we're trying to figure out which nickname will stick most for Mike Lanana. Uh, I'm not sure about Lanana Hammock. I'm not sure if that one's going to really work, but uh, I, I think I just prefer the Muppet Show the song. But I will not sing it uh, to, to leave that out. Jim, or anything else you want to touch on? I know we also talked about Georgia Tech maybe getting ranked. That's yeah, we talked about them. In. And we like that's a, a nice little sweep of uh, Indiana State. Um, Nevada, Tulane, Nevada, we like, Florida we, Atlantic. We've got some, some Nevada believers in the office, so I would expect they'll uh, they'll make an appearance as long as they keep uh, keep it up. We do have Nevada believers in the office. and I'm not I'm not sure so sure that I disagree with the Nevada believers. Just beating Pacific is not the... Uh, that's not, not the, the way you get in. That's not the way you get in the rankings for us. Uh, that, that, that's the one way to put it. Uh, Pacific, unfortunately for Ed Sprague and for all Blue Jays fans uh, who are fans of Ed Sprague's, uh, 0-10 yeah. for the fight in Geo Bruce's. Um, Florida Atlantic's got some nice wins. Uh, one two out of three against Ohio State 
you know, we kind of talked about the Ivy League earlier. This will have to be another podcast of some Big Ten baseball because you've seen some of that as well. Uh, For sure. Lately, but, saw um, some Rutgers this weekend, yeah. I see, I don't even think of Rutgers as big. You saw Illinois is what I was thinking. I saw Illinois, yeah. Now, how was Rutgers? I know I Rut- think of Rutgers, Illinois. I like Illinois. Rutgers can compete. They've, they've got some pitching, and they have some, some very strong college hitting with, with guys who have some line drive ability in, in Mike Carter, Tom Marcinczyk, uh Denunzio. On the mound, they have a six-foot... At least six foot eight. And you're just looking at him, a kid named Kyle Driscoll is a redshirt sophomore, hmm. a guy who's pounding the zone, upper 80s with late breaking slider, uh, and then uh, Wake Forest transfer Mark McCoy, left-handed pitcher, okay, who just fills the zone, low 90s guy, probably a draft guy this year, kind of a tweener for some scouts, but that's a team that's going to compete right away in that conference, uh, and then you know Illinois. I only got to see them one game and was fortunate enough to see Tyler J throw. Um, and it wasn't his best day. He actually threw one in the dirt that I'm not sure if it was called a, a wild pitch or a pass ball, but it allowed the, the game-winning run to score hmm. uh, in the top of the ninth against Ball State. Um, and, yeah, but, but you know, showing four pitches, just nasty stuff. Um and then Drayson Johnson was just an outstanding upper 80s left-handed pitchability guy. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that that pitching staff is going to be as competitive as anyone in that conference for sure. Right. I, mean, I think preseason we picked, well, there were a lot of teams that picked, but Maryland was our preseason pick. But I think mm-hmm. we picked, what, four regional teams? We had four, yeah. We had uh, them, the Terps, Nebraska, Michigan, and uh, yeah, and the Illini. And I, I mean, I could see Michigan State. And we like Michigan team. State, too. I like yeah. Michigan State. I kind of like Ohio State. I kind of like Indiana. I don't mm-hmm. think any of those teams stink. Um, so, I mean, you're looking right now. Yeah. It is. I mean, I'm just looking at it, you know, the thing that has to happen for that league to give four teams is it has to make sure that the bottom of the conference yeah, doesn't kill drag you, the yeah, top kill down. Kill your RPIs. So the Penn States, where really Coach Cooper's really fighting, uh, just a talent drain that uh, was, was apparent when he got there. Mm-hmm. Northwestern, you know, to me, that's that's the program that you see so many private schools do well, and you see so much talent in the Chicagoland area. You know, what does Northwestern want to be athletically? I wonder. I mean, I, I guess they're content to be decent at. Football, I know they've hired Chris Collins for their basketball program, but that's a school that's never gone to the NCAA basketball tournament. Yeah. Men's basketball. Never. Mm-hmm. Not once. How hard is that? Come on. Come on, Northwestern. I mean, I just think uh, in terms of baseball, it's They're harder for, for a, you know, a private school like that to succeed, especially when you're talking about keeping guys in state. I mean, if you're staying in state, Illinois is for you. Yeah. Right. It's it's really not much of a competition. And most of those top players just have been going to Louisville. Right, yeah, Louisville. and Louisville's done a great job of recruiting Chicagoland. Uh, uh, so, really, Iowa, I guess, right now is the other story in that league. They're seven and one. Uh, you know, it's been a lot of schedule hoo ha for them, which has been uh, challenging. But you know, Rick Heller, Rick Heller did a great job. He's done a great job wherever he's been. I expect he's he's done a nice job of making Iowa uh, more competitive there. So, that, I I feel like that league is off to a pretty decent start. It's really going to be up to the teams like the Minnesota, which started off 0-7, but was one of its last three. The Northwesterners, the Penn State. Purdue. Just, just yeah. Purdue, exactly. Just so they're not some really butt-ugly <clears throat> records at the back of that, of that conference for it, to get, uh, for it to get four teams in. So uh, good stuff, guys. Uh, this was fun. Uh, good college baseball podcast. Anything else that you guys wanted to add? Hudson, I know you saw some other teams, but I feel like we've, uh, we yeah, want to I save some to the website. I mean, I'm just excited to uh, – a, a couple weeks ago I got to see – 
my first, uh, at least watch it on TV from this area, Duke, North Carolina basketball. And I'm um, excited to see that this weekend on the on the diamond. I'm sure it's that's right. I'm sure it's just as uh, as hectic, and everyone gets just as excited, right? That's it. Well, they bring in Michael <laughs> Machuela if he pitches Friday, and I do one inning Sundays. And he come to College Game Day on Saturday, or will Sky Bolt be at uh, College Game Day? <laughs> Somehow I doubt it, but uh, it will be interesting to see. The ACC does start conference play, yeah, Jim. That's the first, that's the first uh, major conference, as I believe. That's um, yeah, not the. Not the most thrilling slate this weekend. We do have uh, Miami and Louisville gets to open its uh, ACC era hosting Miami, so that's going to be uh, cool for them. But um, and very cool so. from a weather standpoint for Miami, yes. which I'm sure does not want to see um, you know so, yeah, so cold temperatures to, to start off. Uh, Miami would rather be the host team yeah. there anytime, but especially in mid March. I mean, it's been a little cool without mid March, early March. It's been a little cool in South Florida until. Mm. This weekend, uh, the scout I was talking to down there talked about how cold it had been in Florida. It's been cold everywhere. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what you're, how you're going to get around the weather. I, I don't know if I buy that. I mean, <laughs> we've, we talked about it earlier, being from the Northeast. That's right. You're lucky if it's 10 degrees in Ithaca, New York right now. That's so right. So there's a lot of, and, and obviously it's not pleasant being outside in 35 and you know <laughs> overcast, but, you know, I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. Baseball's being played and, and you know. You can still do it. Clemson and NC State, that might be the best that's weekend little, series yeah, in the league. Um, I'm, I'm excited about that one, too. We'll kind of see what, uh, obviously, Clemson's got to finish uh, this weekend, but NC State got Logan Ratledge back on the field this weekend mm-hmm. in terms of playing defensively, so kind of see where that goes. But, I mean, to me, that's a series that if, if Clemson wants to be who they want to be, they have to win this series on the road, Jim. Mm-hmm. They have to go to NC State and win that series. You know, that's what, if you want to be a top 25 team and a regional host, you win the road uh, series as, as many as you lose. You, you yeah. dominate your home schedule in general, and you, you win series on the road. You don't win them all, yeah. but you win as many as you lose. And for Clemson to do that, I, I think it's a pretty big game for them today against South Carolina, but more importantly, really, is the weekend and going on the road against NC State and winning a series that on the road they, they should be favored in that yeah. series, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, State's a... A young, they've got some talent, especially on the uh, in the lineup. They're a young team that's going to have some up and ups and downs. And um, kind of when you're when you're talking about being able to, you know, the importance of winning the the series against teams below you. I mean, the team that jumps out over the last couple of years, and I hit on this uh, over the weekend, was Oregon. Right. Now, the last two years, they didn't win any series against a regional team. That's and a huge they were, Two years ago, about. they got to be a national seed, even though they were not a they hadn't <laughs> won a single series against the. Like I said, against the regional team, and then they they didn't last year either, and they were I think they were a two seed in their regional, and now this. So and then yeah, like you were saying that. So going on the road to beat UCSB is not uh, not insignificant. Um, it's we, not. We should have probably talked about it a little bit more because mm-hmm. um, they went on the road for that series. A mm-hmm. p- p- uh, pupil loses to teacher uh, mm-hmm. in Andrew Checkets versus uh, George Horton. But second of all, they beat uh, Dylan Tate. They yeah. waited him out. They grinded him out, and offensively. Oregon looks they put up deeper. Some, yeah, they put up some numbers. It's a deeper team, I think, and that's what stands out to me. They're not necessarily doing it all with just uh, you know, with Sean Chase mashing as they kind of did last year when he got hot, really boosted their offense. But there's there's something going on with Oregon, Oregon's baseball team this year that hasn't happened there. You know, this has been a team more on the cusp. I thought that was a pretty impressive series win for them. I like UC Santa Barbara's club. I like the Big West. The top three teams mm-hmm. of the Big West, to me, are all pretty good. Um, so that was a big one from from Morgan. And we talked about on the, in the rankings, Florida State's series winning against UNC Wilmington was a pretty good one as well. But mm-hmm. that Oregon series, actually at UCSB, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's probably the best series For win 
um, that Oregon's had uh, on the road in the last two, three years. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of scary to think that Cole Irvin really isn't at full strength right now. I believe he went three innings this this weekend. So to think that you could have him potentially as a a horse in your rotation going six, seven innings later in the year, that's just going to make them make their bullpen that much stronger. And like mm-hmm. uh, Josh Norris uh, you know, was out there last weekend for a bun- doing a bunch of stuff for us, but one of the things he did was see that team, and you know, he wrote about the bullpen. Clevenger's not really at full strength either. He's not yeah. throwing the, with the kind of velocity that has been seen out of him at the past. But you know, six good innings on the road by, Gar- by David Peterson uh, this weekend. I think we have very high expectations for him, probably not as high as Andrew Checkett's, I mean, not Andrew, as George Horton has for him, but I mean, like, that guy should be a stud. I mean, they've got this is a talented club, and there's and they have a little uh, secret uh, secret stash uh, in their lineup with the Phil Craig San Louis. Oh, wow. I believe is a Quebecois. I know he's Canadian. Be. I know he's Canadian. I'm shocked he's not playing hockey somewhere, uh, Jim. That, that really should be. That's a whole other podcast for you guys. But you know, the, the Sunday <laughs> game, they even benched uh, Chase. I just played Susnara, and wow. I guess they're not. So this is the guy who led the Pac-12 in home runs last year. Really not contributing, and they're off to a great start. So I think it's, it's important that you brought that up. Nice job by Justin Hockamy to finish that off for UC Santa Barbara this weekend. They needed to not get swept. Hockamy goes eight scoreless, and they and they avoid the sweep in that series. But yeah, one of the, the stronger pitching performances of anyone this weekend from Yakami. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty good club at UCSP as well. Pretty good podcast. I'm gonna say we're, it's uh, week three of the season. I, I think we're gonna warm up as the weather warms up. So for sure, uh, next time we'll bring Michael and Anna in here. We'll see all of you guys hopefully at a ballpark this weekend. Don't forget that all, all of our college coverage of Baseball America is brought to you by Louisville Slugger. Go to at Slugger Nation on Twitter or on Instagram. Jim will be in Houston. Michael and Anna will be in Los Angeles. I'll actually be in Arizona this weekend for some spring training, but also my first game ever at, uh, at High Corbett Field. I'll be at U of A on Friday night, and I believe it's an Arizona State game. I'm going to squeeze in Saturday or Sunday, but I've got to be in Scottsdale during the day, Saturday and Sunday, So, uh, and a red eye back. So I'll be back to the podcast, nice bright and wide-eyed next Monday, hopped up on a little caffeine. So until that podcast, for Hudson and for Jim, I'm John Manuel. We'll see you next time. So long, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.